The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam, including the Tascam Mini Studio. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Crisis for the geek kind. Top geek officials admit they underestimated the hipster's defense capability. Geeks from all over the globe are joining up to fight for the future. They're doing their part. Are you? Join Weeby Geeks and the Geek Revolution and save the world. Service guarantees citizenship. Want to know more? Do not attempt to adjust your device. This is Extreme Freedom Audio Bulletin. It cannot be traced. It cannot be stopped. And it is the only free voice left in the geek revolution. And welcome to another episode of Weeby Geeks. It is your dashing duo, Derek and myself, Mike. And we are being joined by, I believe, our second three-time appearing guest. And it's the lovely and talented legend in her own right, Tracy Birdsall. How's it going? Going good, going good. I didn't know that I'd, that I'd reached that famous number. There is one other person who has been on three times as well, I believe. That'd be Ellen Dubin. Oh, I love Ellen. Ellen's awesome. Ellen's amazing. Yeah, she's amazing. She's still in Canada right now, but yeah. she's somebody I'm happy to call a friend. Yeah. So, and three times on Wiki Radio. I mean, on Weeby Geeks, or is, she, is that including Wiki Radio? I think it's three times on Weeby Geeks. Doesn't matter. Well, because otherwise I'm first. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> if I'm wrong, then you would be the first three times yeah, appearing. There you go. And my name's Tracy, which is Trace, which is three, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of geeky, right? <laughs> well, the last, last time we sure. talked about, last time we had you on, we, we were talking all about numbers, yes. if I remember right. Because mm-hmm. we, because we How both. Long? When was the last time? 2017. Oh, wow. Where really? I'm. <laughs> I believe so because it was been right that long. It was right at, It was shortly after my father passed. Oh yeah, we were talking. Uh, we had the compare and and we mentioned then that you know another another friend of ours with Ellen was had also mm-hmm. unfortunately had joined us in those ranks because she lost her husband and then lost her her father earlier in the year. But lost her and husband my, right around that same time. Exactly, and my my. My mom and her dad had Alzheimer's at the same time. And since I've spoken to you, my mom died like a year later. So we were all in the throes of it. You remember? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry, Tracy, but that was that has just been too much time. That's way too long. <laughs> next yeah, time, I, next time, it has to be less time than that. Okay, we'll schedule it right four. away. You know, I've actually just been shooting straight because you know that my oh, house burned yeah. in 2000, and it's like, okay, I'm just going to start working as much as I can because you have to recoup. You know, <laughs> it's like. And um, so it's been a real, it's been really full, and I kind of pulled off the uh, the the interview wagon. Except for every now and then, a friend would message me and go, "Hey, you haven't been on in a while, you know." And and so then I would do it. But I've really, I've been in, you know, just in in the last year, I've I've shot in I think fourteen countries. Wow. Yeah. Well, so it's been. I'm glad to know we're one of those people that you would just say, you know, you're right. I haven't been on in a while. Oh, come on. <laughs> well, you messaged me. It's like, of course. So, yeah. um, well, it was weird. Uh, the the fire that took out your house. Um, mm-hmm. One of the DJs that I work with here at Disney. It was it was his hometown. Uh, was it Paradise? Mm-hmm. Paradise Cove. Yeah, that he grew up in. Oh wow! So yeah. so yeah. Well, I think like, I think we lost seven hundred houses just in Malibu. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Mine's still an empty lot. I'm just now starting to go through the process because I didn't want to think about. It. I'm not going to rebuild the whole house right now, but I'm thinking of putting a, a smaller temporary house on it and going through the permitting process and then just seeing what happens in life, you know. But um, yeah, you kind of when you lose your house, you kind of just stop and go, "Whoa, I have nothing." I mean, even all of our props for something we were shooting that weekend were in the house. Oh, oh wow! And we had to get replacement costuming and a bunch of my costumings made by a very famous um, armory. You know, he makes the, all the custom fighting costumes and stuff in Spain, and his name is um, Ernesto 
Ernesto Gracias and, and a nicest guy, but it was like, I need some costuming. <laughs> you know, we've got shooting to do. So we lost robots, we lost props, we lost footage, we lost all kinds of things. But you get back on that horse and you just you just keep fighting. You know? And that was for Time War? Time War. Mm-hmm. So oh, where, where do we stand with Time War? We are completely in post. Awesome. Uh, yeah, we are a, a series now. It is massive. Really? How sweet. <laughs> yeah, we've just Excellent. been shooting on that. And so is Age of Darkness is a series now, too, which is carrying forward on Rogue Warrior. And we actually have both those projects in post-production. Excellent. Yeah. So I, just, not- <laughs> I just watched Rogue Warrior again uh, about two weeks ago, two, three weeks ago. Oh, oh yeah. I love hearing that. Yeah. It was a fun yeah. film. It was a great cast. Yeah. Well, it continues. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Mm-hmm. And lots of new cast members, which which are, there's some really exciting people and stuff like that. So it's, it's just it's a lot of fun. I think the difference when everything starts going television, like we still have film, films and stuff in post, but but when it goes into television, you get to just keep being this character for so long. And some of them, because the time war is time travel, there's lots of versions of the character. Yeah. And so play all of those and to play them over so much time is just, it's a fascinating experience. Well, I think we can make a recommendation of someone who would be a great android. Yeah. <laughs> her, name, her name's Stephanie Bloom. Oh. She's in the movie, uh, what is it, Derek? 2050? 2050, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a it's an interesting film talking about uh, it's, it's, it takes place in the year 2050 and uh, what's the name <laughs> uh, sex bots is, is the is the up and coming rage mm-hmm. yeah. and, and you could go to this place and have your own custom sex android built male or female mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but it's a she's, she's done a a <laughs> Family series, children's series called Little Cupid Mm-mm. as well, um, oh, just yeah. recently. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, when we interviewed her uh, last year, I'm like, mm-hmm. I could see her in one of Tracy's films. Mm-hmm. She would fit in with you guys quite well. Yeah, yeah I think so. Yeah. Actually, I, I think it was to, long. I, I, to hook us up on last social year, was it? 2018. Yeah. Was wow. it 2018 that we had her on? I, I honestly, I don't remember anymore. <laughs> yeah. But we're in post <laughs> Mel- on everything. All the years are melding together. But, you know, we're, we're always thinking about the next project, too, you know. But right now, you know, I'm actually really proud to be in post because these have been some massive projects. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we brought you back on because mm-hmm. I saw pictures of you. And probably one of my favorite non WWE wrestlers, and he spent a brief time in the WWE, and, mm. and in many ways glad he's where he's at with the NWA currently, and that's James Storm. Um, and the movie is called Hotel Underground. Yes. And of course, it was supposed to have its premiere at Cannes this mm. past week. Yes. And of course, with the <laughs> because of the virus that shall rename nameless. Um, so tell us a little bit about the about the film well hotel underground was it was actually a really fun film and it's the first time i'd met james you know and um so steve ravick who's the director for it i'd worked with him on a comedy before called diary of a fat man and so I, I know Steve pretty far back, and he'd always been talking about this film. And originally, I think it was going to be Al Snow. And then right before... Yeah, <laughs> that would have been interesting. Right before... And well, I met Al at one of the Comic-Cons when we were all talking about it. But um, then, then when he started nailing the cast down, he he, he wanted James. And um, so James plays my husband, and he's a wrestler. But it's this whole thing where they... It's a fight film, but it's an underground fight film. And it's about fighting to the death, basically. And it's, you know, it's it has some interesting elements in it that are, you know, it has its serious elements, then it has its desperate elements, and it's got its horror elements, and then it has its extreme comedic elements. And it was kind of like, I don't know, like living on the set of like Rocky Horror Picture Show back in the day. And I was like, <laughs> all this stuff is like happening around you. And as you've probably seen some of my costuming, yeah. and I showed up for my costuming. And at some point, you know, I can't give away the storyline and, you know, how I ended up in that situation. But maybe you figured it out by now. 
Um, but I showed up in, for costume, flew all the way to Melbourne, Australia, and they pull out my costume and they hold it up. I'm like, where's the rest of it? You know, it was like <laughs> this big, you know. But anyway, it was pretty funny. When I first put it on and I came walking out and I was trying to be super, you know, confident and everything, but... And I come walking into the room finally in, you know, little short white boots and this shortest miniskirt I've ever worn. And, and everybody turns around and just stares. And I didn't know what to do. So I turned around and I walked back out the door. <laughs> 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 but you get used to it. You get into the character and the character takes over and then it's not you anymore. So See, I, I, can, I can hear the song now. It's a jump to the left, a suplex to the right. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it is. That's funny, but there's some. There were some really good wrestlers in it. It was really fun to watch. It was like having you know ring seats for day after day after day, and um, it was shot in this really cool, dark, damp warehouse. You know, this giant facility. And um, Andy McPhee was in it, and uh, James, myself, Nikki Nitro. She's a, a big wrestler out in, Aus- in Australia, and uh, a whole bunch of other people. But it was just, it, it was, it was a really great film. I'm really looking forward to it coming out. And I, as I saw you, I saw the first cut of it just the other night, and I was, I was impressed. Even this one really good um, sword, female sword fighter out of Japan was in it. I mean, just. Some, gal from finland Uh they brought in like all these people that were really good at what they do and uh it was exciting yeah very cool that sounds cool (laughs) so the so the whole thing was shot in australia Mm -hmm. yeah whole thing was shot in melbourne oh that's awesome yeah so so we all basically first met out there and they shot all the scenes that they could shoot months prior without bringing the cast in from the states and then they brought the cast in from the states and shot all of our scenes at that point time yeah. okay so you you left right before the fires then that happened there no i was there during the fires yeah because then we went to uh brisbane afterwards because we were already there and um yeah it was so smoky it was so it was really bad yeah did, did it give you flashbacks a little bit to uh the fires that you, you know, went through or I was pretty sad about that because actually when the house burned down, since I haven't talked to you since, um, we were out filming the fires. We were positive we weren't going to burn down. And then to find out that your house burned down because the water got turned off. And so you kind of go into shock. And then I'd say maybe a few months later, we were actually using, before they cleared the land, we went and shot some of the uh, Age of Darkness scenes there and some of the Time War scenes there. Because, I mean, talk about post-apocalyptic. I mean, it was really... And uh, it was kind of yeah. hard. It was kind of hard. But now when I go there, I see beginnings instead of endings. And fire doesn't really scare me. I did I did have a character that was covered in um, massive sweltering blisters, like um, from a fire, like six months later. And, and that was a little weird, you know. So you kind of go through these things where you're just kind of like, wow, I know what that's like now. You know, even though you, don't, you didn't live through it that way, all of a sudden the things that never could be, you realize can be. Mm-hmm. Well, you can nickname the house the Phoenix. Since it's rising from the ashes. There you go. <laughs> it's just such a lovely view, and it's so quiet. And I'm renting right now, and I just think about being there all the time. It's not the size of the house; it probably builds something a lot smaller at this point because you know my kids have grown up. But but it's the location, and here you hear traffic, and there you heard hawks. You know. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. So. Is the area starting to grow back at all, or? Oh, completely. Oh, that's good. Completely. Yeah. I mean, it's beautiful. For a while, it was all black and then that that soot and those ashes are like super fertilizer so then you get the Mm. the rains and then you got the sun and now it's just plush as can be and all the lots are cleared so there's wonderful views all over malibu because all those big houses are gone but um yeah it's really interesting and the weeds now are just insane on the uh, lot because (laughs) because it's all fertilized but yeah it, it it feels like new beginnings now instead of an ending so it's okay oh very cool that's good yeah it's always good to hear. Um, so how, and you already answered that question. So it, it, it's, it's been, it's the quarantine. It's, it really is. Oh, it, it's. Yeah, I'm his mind. 
So I, you were saying that you've I, I've, been really I've lost my mind. <laughs> yeah, you're saying you've been really productive though, like I have. Yeah, I think I, I, I've tried, it. but I've also been procrastinating with a major project I need to do with the house too. So yeah, I'm, right I'm, now, right now it's your home. Right now it's where you're kind of all stuck. So working on a house when you're stuck in it all day doesn't sound like as much fun. Yeah, <laughs> I'm helping you out yeah. here. I'm giving you excuses. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have my wife listen to this and go see even. Okay. Tracy says. Well, I've, okay. I've built a lot of houses and remodeled a lot of houses. And, and if you can't leave, then you start feeling like you're living in a work zone, you know. But if you can leave and you can go for, you know, a hike or a run or go to the grocery store or go to the gym, then you can come back and deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. And you notice more, too, when you can't leave. You yeah. notice more than you would have noticed before. You're like, oh, that's that's something I'm going to have to get fixed. And yeah. you know, you know what else? Like usually, I keep a really clean house because organization helps me work and be more productive. And I can't memorize anything unless everything's organized around me. This is the dirtiest I've ever kept a house. It's like because I'm getting so much done, and I'm completely ignoring all my responsibilities, and I don't feel guilty at all, though. And I turned my kitchen into well, it's a It's not like you're sitting around doing nothing. No. Oh, that's good. Yeah, my, my my kitchen has weight benches and free weights and a pull up bar and, and dip bars and BOSU balls and it's just like no longer a kitchen. Right now this is a space, you know. Uh, I, I know when when the fires were, were happening and you were doing a lot of the filming, I mentioned, Hey, this is great raw footage to use for films. Did you end up using any of it for, for sure, any films? I, well, I don't know, but I'm sure he will because we have so much of it and we don't just have it like during the fires because we were actually out with like the news teams and stuff because we have friends that are newscasters so we're like getting past the lines you know but then we have films mm. of uh, the smoldering and then we have uh, tons of footage of the aftermath because if you think about it that's what we spend our whole lives out looking for and but we didn't expect it to happen you know to the house so in your own backyard was, yeah 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 the irony of it all right Mm. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, yes, but, I'm sure you'll see it. <laughs> even with even with that, that that's raw footage that I mean, you you can't pay for. Well, you yeah. you did in in some ways, but I mean, that, yeah, that's, didn't we ever? <laughs> but that, but yeah, that's really. but that's. <laughs> opportunity to get that type of stuff that you know, doesn't happen that often. That's why we were out filming it. Yeah, it was because it's like, wow, that's right there. And and those walls of flame and the, the you know, the airplanes dumping, the anti-fire retardant. And I mean, it was just, it's like right there in front of you. It was insane. Yeah. Even the roadblocks were impressive. You know, all the fire trucks mm. and you just look at, you don't see that. Yeah. 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 But anyway. So getting back to Hotel Underground, um, what were some of your favorite moments on the film? Um, gosh, all of them. I mean, it was it was it was it was really fun. Like the setup scenes, you know, when there were the establishing scenes, because we took some scenes that were trying to get information across. You know how establishing scenes do that. And James and I just had so much fun. I mean, we just <laughs> turned everything into a giant a giant playground. And um, so that was really fun, just kind of all the setup stuff, because, you know, we took it was supposed to be a conversation in bed and we turned it into a pillow fight, you know, everything like that. You know, just turned into like (laughs) everything was fun. But um, I kind of gave my my character a little twist after talking to the director and she kind of um, to give her a reason for the for the emotional journey that she goes on. And that was really fun. I gave her, you know, a reason for having PTSD. And then you kind of get to see the process of when these things happen to her, that it kind of, kind of, you know, destroys her. And then, and then you end up with the the next character that she has to become for these guys underground. And um, it was just, for me, I like playing anything that has an arc and a journey. And I never really played somebody Mm -hmm. that kind of like lost their marbles before, but had to do it kind of quietly and so that was really interesting for me because I love studying people and so when I get to do something different that I haven't done before I find that fascinating because then then I know what it feels like to be a whole other percentage of the population you never know what it feels like until you, you live it and um, so so that was a fun journey for me have you heard when the film may come out last week it can <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't I don't have an update. Oh, how did it do? <laughs> yeah, right? It won everything. <laughs> but since then, because I have several projects in post, and what everybody did when lockdown happened was everybody that has footage in the project in post just went back in and kept working on it. You know, make it better, make it better, because you have this time block where nobody's buying. You have this time block where nobody's releasing. You have, you know, and so you have the opportunity to make your product better. And I think that's why we don't have that information yet is because the people who make those decisions are instead working on making the projects better. Okay. Okay. Not a bad thing. No. Not a bad thing. And we're all going to be dying for content once this is, once this is over. And so when everything oh, opens yeah. up, it, it's quite an opportunity for all these projects that I'm in. So I'm really excited about that because nobody's been shooting the months prior. So. so have you heard when you might be able to get back shooting? Um, or is California still, cause I, I know what? California just authorized or just approved, um, professional sports to come back. Mm. Are they allowing spectators? No. Okay. That no. makes sense. They'll be testing people before they play yeah. sports and infect each other. Yeah. 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 yeah no, they've yeah. Been, the union's been pretty much hammering through what they'd have to do in order to make it safe for performance to go back. I know a couple of the big items on the table is, is you're not going to see big background crowds. You're not going to see a lot of the, the coast star, coast bit parts are under fives and stuff. They'll just need to be cut back or, some of the background, of course, be done electronically because that's pretty easy now. And um, by you know, it's all about protecting your leads so that they don't get sick because you also can't get insurance to cover the coronavirus as shooting. So they're still hammering it all through. There's there's articles in Deadline all the time on on where they're at and what they're working on and and testing. And they've got these other ideas of quarantining the cast for two weeks before they even start shooting, which you know of course isn't good for indie film, right? Because it costs right. a lot of money. But um, you know they're working on it. I think it's a lot of details to hash out in order to keep everybody safe. Yeah, I think I had heard uh, Falcon Winter Soldier with Marvel for Disney Plus mm-hmm. they're going to be going back shooting but it's the same thing you know, everyone's been quarantined here cool when they fly there they have to at least quarantine for seven days um, but they're they're tested here before they go over yeah type thing and, and there's all the the daily checks make sure everyone's all right and yeah. everything else so I would think I it's would, gonna be hard like hair and makeup even you know yeah. I mean think of those things there's oh, no yeah. way to do that from yeah. a distance so it's gonna be a matter of you're gonna have to take some risks you know yeah do you do you think to provide the content? Um, I know the NCAA said they're willing to take that risk with uh, collegiate sports to mm-hmm. some extent, even if it's to bring it back without fans in the in attendance. Mm-hmm. Do you do you think it's it's worth the risk to do some filming or be able to do some filming to to start getting content out there or? I think that it's going to be up to the individuals and their representatives to make that choice. I mean, I'm pretty sure that I had the virus a few months back. I was so sick and I've never felt like that before. And, and mine started in my eyes, like my eyes were burning and and then like fevers that like are killing me through the night. And I kept trying to get into an emergency room and they weren't letting anybody in to get tested unless you couldn't breathe. So, you know, and then you couldn't take Advil. So I was hallucinating. And I said to Eddie when I got better, I said, I, I don't don't miss the fevers, but I kind of miss the hallucinations. <laughs> 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 so I'm probably going to be a little braver as far as going out there. I know that everything's changed as far as auditioning. It's all um, self-tape. So I have a, I think everybody does now. All of us actors have spent the last, you know, couple of months setting up our self-tape facilities, you know, getting your proper lighting and your sound. And I've got my sure mic right here, so I probably have really good sound even on this, you know, but getting all the pieces together so that you can do your auditions. And then it's not until the final call call that they'll actually have people come in the office. And I think that's changed permanently. I don't think that's ever going to be any different. I think it'll always be self-tape, you know, at home. Do you think Do you think it was slowly going that way before this anyway, with, with um, technology building? There's a good answer for that. Um, with the little films, yes. And with um, some of the giant films that were doing like nationwide and worldwide searches, yes. For network, no. For network, um, like your manager or your agent has, you send them, they have lists of clips they can send from your different projects to submit you on things. But then you always go in and meet with them because so much about it has always been about being in the room. And so television and, and you know, the larger films and stuff, it was always about showing up in the room. 
and then they're going to have to deal with chemistry tests. I mean, how are they? You can't do a chemistry test from your living room. You know, you can't really do that mm. over Skype or Zoom. So they will have to bring people in for that. But those are all the things they're trying to work out. And I, yeah, it was going that way. You know, for the smaller films and for the gigantic films, but not for the uh, the bigger budget TV and and film. You know, in the in the mainstream. Yeah. Well, I'm always curious when talking to actors how how do you how do you feel about auditioning some actors really hate it. Some are okay with it. What you know, are your I, thoughts? I, I grew up um, pretty much since I was, I remember holding my mom's hand up about here. So I must have been like three or four. But I, I loved I loved recreating everything I saw on TV. And I tried to sell tickets to my neighbors when I was really little to come watch these little <laughs> plays that I'd put on. And I was always the lead. So like I'd copy the David Cassidy TV show and I had to be David Cassidy. Anything, anybody that was the lead, I had to be. And, you know, I, I found out quickly that people wouldn't pay for that when I was little. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but it was all about people wanting you to entertain them and, and loving that fact that you were entertaining them. And same thing with dance and singing. You know, I loved the audiences. And so when you when you get called for an audition, assuming you have time to do it, because I haven't had time to audition in like six years, except for very rarely, but... Somebody wants to see you perform and be entertained by you. And to me, that's what the whole industry is all about. And so I love that process. But when I do audition, I, I if I don't have the time to get off book and to study the character and to do it at performance level, then I usually would rather pass because uh, it's not about winging it. I, I don't believe that this industry is ever about winging it. It's about living that character. So you have, if you have time to create it and, and you have time in your schedule, then I don't, I mean, yeah, you're not being paid, but who care somebody wants to see you perform that's what it's all about <laughs> well look at this have you seen the, have you seen the isolation series that i'm doing right I, now i've seen episodes four and five Okay, so I, I the series. Yeah, but I want to check it out. I definitely got to check it out. Yeah. Oh my gosh, this last episode is like it was probably at like fifty five thousand watches in four or five days. I mean, it's nuts on uh, Facebook. But so so that's a similar thing. Is we're used to going to auditions or you know filming, and so there's there's this this need that wasn't being fulfilled. And we're all locked up in the house, and this guy put together this whole production, and he literally sends you your scripts every week, and you film them, and you send them in, and then all these people get entertained so it's that same feeling that you get when you're auditioning say you're not booking you know early on in your career that's the only reward you're going to get is those people wanting to see you perform so it's like it's been really fun during quarantine to do it yeah i think the first episode i saw was episode five where you're accepting the award yeah <laughs> and then i went back it's like okay let me find four and i, and I need to go back and watch everything from, from the beginning but yeah it's fun how it's all put together it's like okay it's every- really- it's really been good and it's been entertaining for everybody. Steve Leeds put it together in the UK and I saw the first few episodes online and all I, the only thought I had was, I want to play. So I literally found him on Twitter and I sent him a message and, I, and all I said was, hey, I want to play. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> that's what it feels like when you audition. You're going in, you get a chance to play and to entertain and, and yeah, you might spend 15 hours preparing for it, but it's it's if that's what you do and that's what's in your blood and that's your passion, then there's nothing you'd rather do. Hmm. <laughs> See, Derek, maybe we need to write on, on Twitter and go, hey, we could play podcasters. <laughs> yeah, sure. Why go don't you on. just say it right here on the podcast now and then I'll tag him when it goes out there. <laughs> or, we, or we could just said that right now. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Check. <laughs> and we could become internet famous. Oh. It's fun because he has, you know, people in Monaco and Dubai and Brazil and, of course, a lot of them in England. And and it's just fun because you, in some ways, it's like a real cast where you're kind of all bantering together. Oh, and now there's this girl in New Zealand. And, and you almost kind of have that bond that you would have if you were working on a set. So it's really interesting how this has done that and given us something, you know, to hang on to that feels familiar while we're all stuck in our houses. Yeah. 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 It's been interesting to see things like that and the different ways that people have been um, doing that now that we're all in quarantine and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yes. being, being an audio engineer, um, with my profession and, and by trade, 
it, I will say it's been hard watching some of the early stay-at-home concerts where people are recording. Like, yeah. The first couple of them were really, really cool, and then it, I wore off of it really quick. But they were very rough to listen to. Like, yeah, but that's because you're a sound engineer. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm sitting going, okay, you're, yeah. you're a professional musician. You have a home studio. In a, in the ability to set up anywhere in your house. Mm-hmm. Why are you doing it this way? Because this yeah. sounds horrible. You know, my favorite one, and it's not really quarantine themed, but it had perfect timing. I just retweeted uh, yesterday. And it's this guy, and he has a great voice, and he's playing his guitar, and his husky is singing along. Uh, <laughs> saw that, yeah. Now, that's what I want to see, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I watched. I <laughs> I watched um, the was it the Doobie Brothers? They did uh, Oh Sweet Water, mm-hmm. and the one guy had his grandson sitting uh-huh. next to him, mm-hmm. and it was it was, just, it was brilliantly done. And seeing him, seeing the grandson on his toy guitar playing along as well, and then they mm-hmm. finish, and he's still going. I don't think it works. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a cute video, and, and, and I'm loving I'm loving groups that. Are doing that mm-hmm. um, where doing it for the internet you could tell they, they've taken a little bit more time and it sounds right mm-hmm. whereas being oh let's do this and everything's so rushed for TV because they're yeah. trying to take advantage of because um, the first Disney sing-along was a little rough to listen to the second one for Mother's Day mm-hmm. was so much cleaner but then again I know the guy who who is responsible for cleaning up a lot of that before it aired mm-hmm. so and a mm-hmm. lot of that was done here in Orlando yeah I'm gonna have Okay. <laughs> I left it on in case James texts us and wants to join in, but <laughs> in the meantime, other people will try to break that barrier. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> where are you guys looking for Age of Darkness and for Time War? Uh, you said it's going to, you know, to television. Uh- yeah, well, we had we had a few people that were really interested, but um, Neil decided that he wanted to wait until it was finished to sell it because it's so much bigger than anybody can imagine. And if you sell it before you have it finished, then, you you know, of course, they'll make you a much lower offer. And it's kind of his baby. I mean, the Time War started from a script um, that was originally called, I think, when we were talking to you, age, uh, no, um, At the Edge of Time. Yeah. And that's a feature. that's a feature film. And then what happened was, um, and you know how his brain works. I mean, he just kept having idea after idea after idea. And he wrote that feature film 15 years ago. And he was controlled very much by the sales reps and agents and stuff on what he couldn't put into projects. And so he just decided when he, after he made um, At the Edge of Time, and it just kept growing into a bigger project, because that's actually completed. He decided to keep going, and he decided not to listen to people telling him what he could and couldn't do. And that's when it got good. <laughs> it's like... And then <laughs> characters developed and storylines developed, and they're not like anything I've ever seen before. But they were, some of them were really stressful to play because the things that happened to these poor characters. Uh. But um, And it just grew into this behemoth of this project. And then one day he's like, okay, At the Edge of Time is the TV movie special for the Time War. So it's like what this started from is now just like the little special. It's one of those. um, I've had to do the same thing uh, with with the three podcasts that that I'm the main host of. Um, And and Derek's been along on the ride for for this adventure um, in the last few years with this show and with Wookiee Radio, uh, our Star Wars podcast. But it was the same thing. I kept, I wanted wanted to advance certain ways. I kind of want to, I'll admit, I want to monetize the show some, but you, I mean, yeah. you know, what, what, and I keep reading and watching videos of all these podcast experts and coaches. I'm like, okay, but this doesn't trip tips and tricks you're saying doesn't fit our genre. And then when I watch people who are in our genre, it's like, mm-hmm. it, what you're doing doesn't fit mm-hmm. our genre. But I still tried everything and it's like, this isn't working. But don't you think that sometimes breaking 
the mold is what makes something good and original and different. I mean, I do that with my characters. I try to break the mold a little bit. Well, I, I decided, and, and things have been going great uh, with us so far, I decided uh, near the end of the year, I said, with 2020, I'm just going to do things. I, I have to do it my way. Well, you've learned and, and to try things, too. Exactly. And because of that, um, we, we were able to announce last week that... Um, the Weeby Geeks, Mighty Marvel Geeks, Wookie Radio, the three shows I run, Derek's two shows, and then one our, our sister show that uh, two of the people on that show are on Wookie Radio and Mighty Marvel Geeks, respectively. Um, and then the show that my daughter and I are getting ready to launch are all going to be featured on this website called The Pop Insider, which is a, a very highly recognized um, pop culture website, especially when it comes to games, collectibles, stuff like that. And, uh-huh. and we're helping bring additional content to them that they were lacking and were looking for. Yeah. So it's like that opportunity just happened. And I love it. Um, and then and it all happened because their PR person emailed me about wanting to collaborate with some podcasts. I'm like, uh-huh. yeah, perfect. Let's here's what I'm thinking. And from there, it just we brought them, you know, the different editors on to talk about Toy Fair, which was really fun because it's probably our best Toy Fair coverage we've ever had. Mm-hmm. And then from there, it's like, hey, here's my thought. And from there, it's this it. is our, our second week with them. So I love it. I love it when things grow like that and when you follow your instincts and then you end up being right. And you know? So th- this you is the, find, when you find your spot, that's always good. And, and, and we are starting to find that spot and it's starting to, uh, starting to work. Yay. So I I, I'm excited. I'm excited for it. It, it. And I think because of the quarantine and, and everything, it actually, because things were starting to happen a little faster than I, I was expecting. Because mm-hmm. Derek will tell you, every time we talk about it, I'm like, oh my God, I, I was probably stressed <laughs> about it. I'm like, then the quarantine, you know, they, they had to slow things down on their own because they had to figure out how they're working from home and how they're going to get. So the timing ended up being right at the, at a pace that I became a little more comfortable with mm-hmm. like, this is perfect this gives us there's no rush they're in no rush on our end mm-hmm. things that we're able to take a little bit more time and and everything's worked out so that's actually exciting i love it so we are we are pleased to to be a part of the pop insider crew and team so oh, congratulations oh, thank you yeah you do what you're passionate about it quite often leads to good places and i've i've seen a lot of people over quarantine actually have you know things work out for them that they needed that extra little time you know yep. so i think that mm-hmm. i think it's wonderful right? It sounds like with Neil too. You know, he did the same thing. He trusted his guy. He trusted his instinct. And, he did. Uh, and at some point, you just gotta say, "I've tried what other people wanted or or thought yeah. would work. It's not mm-hmm. working for what I need to do. Well, I've got to do it on my own." Yeah, and it makes you know cost productive films and stuff like that. But if it's not your passion and you're not getting your passion across, then that's probably what you're here for. You know, I mean, I'll tell you when I watch when I watch the Time War. <laughs> Um, you know how you watch a movie and you think back and there's a couple of scenes that really stand out in your mind and sometimes you're like, oh my God, I can't believe they went there or oh my God, I can't believe they did that. Well, this like every episode, there's like five or six of them. I'm like, I can't believe that you fit all that into one episode. And he goes, well, it has to go somewhere, you know, it has to go in there. But it's really, um, it's really impressive. Yeah, it's really, um, but it is, it's because he, he followed his own instincts rather than what everybody told him to do. Yeah. So I expect him to do very well with that. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't regret trying some of the other stuff because mm-hmm. it, it did eventually help me just say, okay, after a couple of years, it's, it's not really panning out the way I th- I thought it should. It solidifies what you thought all along when you try everything else and it doesn't work, you know? Yeah. yeah. I have to make I, my own waves. I can't, I can't lay down. I can't walk in the way or I can't ride the waves I've already been ridden. I got to ride my own. My dad always told me when I was a little girl. I kind of hung on to it and he, and, um, he said, you can do whatever you want, Tracy Lee, because Tracy Lee is my first and middle name. And he goes, just make sure you mm-hmm. do it better than anybody else. <laughs> 
Yeah. There you go. And I think that's what you have to do in anything that you're doing. You have to find your niche. You have to do something different and do it better than anybody else can do it. You know, and and I think that's that's key. You know, I've taken my my tomboy side into my life, which I never thought that would be appreciated. You know, and um, but by doing that, I can do me better than anybody else can do me. You know. Mm. And I think taking taking time to find your niche can also help you to uh, to grow in in and uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Well, like Neo with Time War, yeah, yeah. develop. That's the word. Uh, something even better than what you originally had. Yeah, like like with Time War, how it changed years and it's become something completely different and. And now it's something I really want to see, so let's get BMF. it going. It's a BMF. It is gigantic. It's just crazy. Well, sounds like yeah. we're going to have to get Neil on sometime next uh, You should. You see if he can spill it. Because yeah. I, I know that I can't, you know, but <laughs> I, I kind of know where my boundaries are on each film, you know, but it's like, I wouldn't, I actually don't even know where to start because I think that it's so, it's so dark, but yet it's so truthful. And it's so shocking, but yet it's so truthful. You know, it's like the places that he goes, he brings so much truth. And he even brings facts and things from history, like, um, you know, that, that Adolf Hitler's in it. And I play his, his daughter. And But he takes facts out of Adolf's life, and he uses those in his script, like how he, you know, was really into UFOs and how he was really into time travel technology. But he actually utilizes and researches the facts in order to develop them further into characters. So, of course, it's not factual, but it's got a lot of facts in this. really quite interesting. Even a lot of the names of the characters and the relationships of the characters yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, Neil, if you're listening... I'm going to be probably shooting you a, a message through Twitter asking about June 12th. See if you're you available. Know, he'll listen to this because I did it. So you can just ask him right here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know he listens to every one of your shows that you're yeah, on with does. us. Um, well, because I'm talking about his projects, you know. Yeah. yeah. I tag everybody I mention. I tag everybody I mention because everybody should know what I'm saying about them. And then they can always tweak me a little bit if they want me to go in a different direction. It works. Well, I I know Neil listens to the different shows because we get every now and then. Hey, I like this, I like that. Yeah. Or, or we'll get we'll get a comment from him, and that's been fun. But he's a huge podcast guy, like huge, because he'll be working down in his office and just like you you walk in on him, and there's a podcast going because he works listening to podcasts. Then you probably heard him listening to one of ours. Probably, probably. I always <laughs> I always walk in on him listening to podcasts. Well, yeah. I I have to say thank you to Neil and, and I will be thanking him when we have him on uh, because of his recommendation um, to submit the shows for uh, well, yeah. uh, which which film festival was that? I have no uh, idea. I'm not uh, in that loop. Uh, <laughs> um <laughs> He's gonna kill us for forgetting. No, well, I'm going to the I'm going to the site. Uh, it was the, it was the West Coast Festival. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. All all three shows won awards. It was, it was our first awards that we've won. Oh, that's really exciting. So it was all because of Neil. Yeah, saying, hey, awesome. you should go. You should go submit. Yeah, he's a good guy, but he does love his podcast, and he does love you know anything you know geeky or Star Warsy or. So you guys, uh, you already had a couple couple feet in there, you know. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, um, how has and Rogue... you know how much I like awards too? So congratulations! Oh, yeah. oh, thank you. <laughs> you saw isolation. <laughs> this, this show won uh, a jury award. Mm-hmm. Um, I just had the sites side up. Uh, we won. We were a jury winner. Uh, for this show, mm-hmm. uh, Wookie Radio was the, and since then the, sh- the festival's changed their name. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure what the new name is. Uh, we won the Bigfoot Award um, for Wookie Radio, and then mm-hmm. Mighty Marvel Geeks. We won, we won two on Mighty Marvel Geeks. Uh, we mm-hmm. won the H.G. Wells Award and the Albert Lewis Award, and one of oh, those was for uh, best production. And you know that Albert Lewis was my great grandfather. 
I believe that. Well, I believe you told us that before. Yeah. Yeah. So we, yes, we won. I believe you did. We won the Albert Lewis Award. So oh, it's only fitting. I guess it, I think this is the only time that this festival did a podcast track. So we we so far have been the only winners of the award named after your grandfather. Oh, that's really Woo-hoo. funny. That's a that's a great name, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was. You I'm know. gonna. One of the most famous Disney composers of of the yeah. day, so that's that's an honor, you know. Yeah. yeah. See, I I would love to see um, on Disney Plus see you appear talking about your grandfather when they talk mm-hmm. about different Disney composers. Oh, yeah. Um, I, awesome. I would love to see that cover with animation, different composers. Yeah, you know, I. Uh, before my mom passed, because I've always been who they talk to whenever people want, you know. Because they do books about, you know, the original Disney composers and stuff. And uh, so before my mom passed, I not only got every little bit of information I could out of her, but I videotaped her talking about him. And it was just so cool. I haven't looked at them since just because I haven't gotten to that point yet. But when I do get to that point, I think it's going to be a really neat thing. But before, just because, you know, since she had Alzheimer's, before she got too far along, I made sure to cover that base because people are always messaging me and asking me questions about him. So, and, and she was so animated about it. And she showed me how he'd play the piano. I guess he was just like really, um, you know, all over the place, you know, and it's just really fun to, to have all that and to know that I'll be able to pass that along through through the ages. Have you had a chance to go to the Disney vaults to, to see any of your grandfather's works? Well, you know, a lot of it's online now, um, like all the silly symphonies, you know, uh, he, he did so many. I actually have a list of which ones he did, but he did most of the silly symphonies, which are a huge thing back in the day. I meant and like then, the actual. Uh, sheets of music. Yeah, he actually composed them, and they and they wrote them back then too. So, like some of the like you know, uh, three little kittens and all that stuff. They actually wrote the lyrics to them too. So that was all my great grandfather. Uh-huh. And there's a string of old King Cole, you know, all these things. And so that's what they did back then because he moved out to California with Walt Disney. And he was like, you know, that was his composer. And, you know, he, he did one of the old films back in the early 30s, too. He did uh, Susanna. So he composed, he was the composer for that. Oh, wow. I forget the name right now. But, hmm. So it's really kind of neat to have it all in your history. And, and every time somebody writes a book or includes them in a book, they send me a copy and they, you know, try to get information from me when they're doing their research and stuff. So I really enjoy that because our IMDBs are linked. Yeah. Oh, awesome. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and you're also linked a little bit with uh, Michael J. Fox as well from when you did that uh, one episode of Family Ties. Isn't it funny how you do one episode <laughs> of something and it just follows you? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I love it. Yeah. So, um, I was waiting to see where you segued from there. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can see the wheels turning. It's like, I can, I where do I go eyes. next? That's why a lot of times was, was I, Michael J. Fox like. <laughs> <laughs> I saw him on something recently. I can't remember what it was. I don't think it was Curb Your Enthusiasm, but it was something like that. Oh, but, oh well. That was a great, great, that was a great couple episodes. Yeah. Oh, when my God. he was on it. Oh, so he was, that was what it was then. Okay. And I love watching that show at night because it makes me laugh. So, yeah, it's a good show. I know we mm-hmm. talked about um, Age of Darkness and, and Time War and Hotel Underground. Do you have any other projects that are in post ready to for this whole thing to end? So that come out? I'm trying to think. If I do, I can't remember right now. I've literally just been shooting, shooting, shooting for six years and I just keep going, you know. <laughs> and it was and and then this isolation thing came up, but it seems like I have something else in post. Somebody's gonna kill me if I can't think of it. So so in many ways the, the quarantine's kinda almost been good because it's given you a chance to, to relax a little bit. I never have down time now i'm not i'm not like i'm i'm not that person like the entire quarantine the only time i've sat on my couch is maybe for three or four times i've had a cup of coffee sitting on the couch in the morning i haven't even sat on my couch like i've just i've just gone 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 the whole time yeah so yeah i haven't even watched tv unless it's right before bed like I just constantly working. Yeah. Well, then we appreciate you taking a little time off to talk to us. <laughs> hey, it's been three times. We're like really good friends now. 
Sure. <laughs> well, I well, when I saw you on Instagram and saw the picture of you and James, like, wait, new film? And I know both of those people. Let me reach out. Yeah. So. <laughs> that's awesome that you know James. I think that's really cool. I'm going to peek at my thing just in case. No, he hasn't messaged. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, you, you're going to have to tell him he's going to have to come on and talk about the movie. Yeah, so I, think here. I, I think that a lot of people will loosen up after after quarantine. It's just, you know, we're also all in close quarters with, you know, everything from family, although my kids don't live with me anymore, so it's been really amazing, even though I, I love them. But <laughs> I never got that, that feeling of what it was like to not live under the roof with kids. And it's like, I almost feel like a teenager because I had my daughter so young. But <laughs> But, well, I, no. I've been helping homeschool or do the distance learning with my daughter uh, since her school is closed. I'm like, OK, I'm I'm surprised we haven't killed each other because we're we're very like minded mm-hmm. and we we do at times push each other's buttons because mm-hmm. um, we're very similar. Mm-hmm. But we've actually been fairly good. Um, good. But the dog is like, I wish you guys would just leave. What happened to y- y- well, y'all left across, in the morning, come back? That's across America wondering what adults are doing in their house all day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's so funny. I tried to adopt a, a, to foster a pet just because since I travel so much, I couldn't really get a pet. And um, but I tried to foster one during quarantine. And uh, But everybody was ahead of me. And then all they have is pit bulls. And it's not that I don't like pit bulls. It's that I don't want to have a pit bull for a couple of months, you know? That, that takes a lot of like you yeah. know you have to warm up to each other and trust each other and you know it's like I'm not up to that we have a chihuahua or a cat. <laughs> 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 Derek, Derek has a cat that's trying to kill him. He can let you borrow. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, now that I, I've been home, he's he's even more angry at me. Oh, <laughs> Why won't you? Because he's in, he's in love with my wife. Like seriously, in love with my wife. Oh man! So he's trying to take me out of the picture. <laughs> oh, that's so. Is he pee on your side of the bed or something? <laughs> no, not yet, but. <laughs> Get, get, Every time get him, I crown, he's just giving me an evil shot. stare. And get him with an earshot, and I'll give him the suggestion. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where he is. But yeah, that's all I need. Hey, where's my bed wet? <laughs> hey, hey, Derek, maybe you should be worried that you don't know where he is. Yeah, he's probably. <laughs> he's gonna sneak up and attack me when I least expect it. <laughs> <laughs> So his name's Newman. So every time I see him, I say, hello, Newman. Newman. Hello, Newman. <laughs> I love it. Where can people find you online? Hmm. I know we ask every time, but that's OK. I like we get, it. We get new listeners each time. OK. Um, website, TracyBirdsell.com, IMDB.TracyBirdsell, Twitter's at TracyBirdsell1, Instagram's at TracyBirdsell1, and Facebook is TracyBirdsell Official. Awesome. Thank you for joining us this week. Thank you for having me. It was a blast. Yeah. It was nice much, happier, much happier times this time. Yeah, we don't have parents yeah. dying. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. Yes. Okay, well, it's a Can't pleasure Can't wait till number four. Yes. Yeah. I know. Well, we'll set that up. <laughs> no problem. Well, we'll have to do that once Time War and uh, Age of Darkness comes out. Yes. Yeah, as soon as something comes out, definitely. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait to see those. Won't be long. Won't be long. Can't wait to see both of those. Yeah. Time Time War's mm. first. Oh, yay. Yeah. Excited for that. That's why he stills is because as the different episodes come out, we're grabbing stills as those come out. So when you see more stills going up, you know that that means that we're getting further. Because especially mm. once the special effects are done, then I'll be able to do stills of that but we can't put up the stills without the effects in. So there's a lot of good stuff coming out soon. Excellent. Can't wait. Cool. Mm, and I got to go check out Isolation. Yeah. Isolation yeah. series. Really good. It's a really good Thank web you. series. Thank you. It's been a blast. It's been a blast. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay, you guys. Well, have an excellent evening. And you too. Uh, thank you for, for writing you to me. It's a pleasure talking to you again. It was our pleasure having you on again. And watch out for Newman. <laughs> I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And stay well, safe out there. Congratulations on all your success. Thank you. And we'll chat soon. Yeah. We'll chat soon. Bye. Okay. Chat soon. Ciao, ciao.
So it's always a great time when we have Tracy on. Um, yeah. I have a blast. I love, and talking to her. love getting the new news that Time War and Age of Darkness are going to be a series. So we're going to get more than just the film. Can't wait. Cool. Awesome. And I need to get caught up on isolation. Really bad. It's a it's I, a, it's a, it's a quick show. It. It's a quick show. Mm. Um, but <laughs> we could talk quick. Ruby Rose is leaving Batwoman. Crazy! That came out of nowhere. Yeah, it did. Uh, so the news broke on Wednesday that she was leaving. I think so. Yeah. Uh, just and leaving just as uh, the show got approved for a second season. Mm. Um, Rose said, calling out the leaving a very difficult decision, but praised the show's cast and crew. Um, from I, I, I'm getting s- some of the facts from uh, the Pop Insider uh, from Madeline. Uh, from her story, and uh, I do remember reading, and I'm not seeing it here. Um, I guess Ruby Rose had been injured on the project. Yeah, was having back um, issues. Uh, yeah, she back injury. I guess, and, and she's uh, kind of serious. And, and she has sur- she's already had surgery on it too, right? I remember. I believe so, if I remember correctly. Now there there was some speculation that the injury might have happened while filming Batwoman, but she is also done a few other um, high action projects as well that could have led to it. As right, well. like she was in John Wick and a couple other things. So, I mean, it could have been something that you know, every project I mean, yeah, every project just led to, to injuring a little more unless this was just something that all happened at once. So, she was in the latest John Wick film, wasn't she? Or just in the first one? Uh. I'm not sure. Anyway, so it, it was a, a personal issue for her, not a anything to do with the cast or crew or the show itself, um, which you know, if it's a back issue, maybe, maybe it was the role was too much to handle. And, and that's not a bad thing. You know, safety first, your body first. Mm. Now, um, Amber Heard is being tossed around as a contender for the role, and so has Stephanie Beatrice. Yeah. I heard she uh, she kind of uh, unofficially volunteered for the role, said she would love to do it. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what happens, um, how they handle the the actress change for the second season. Yeah. yeah interesting. Yeah. Uh, also from the Pop Insider, uh, we're going to pull facts as well from, uh, again, from Madeline. Um, fans finally are getting their way. Well, DC fans. And apparently it did exist. That's the Zack Snyder cut of the Justice League. So they're going yeah. to so add, what, another 30 minutes to this thing? Uh, yeah. It's going Honest- to make it almost as long as Endgame at this point? Yeah, I think so, at least. Um... Honestly, I have no interest in seeing it. Um, good for them, those who want to see it. I guess it's going to be a. What I read was it was going to. They're going to put it out as a series on the HBO Max app, uh, streaming streaming app. That so they're so they're going to break it up in half hour episodes. I don't know about half hour hour, but yeah, and. Uh, um, you know, like I said, I, I'm not gonna. I have no interest in watching it, but I don't really, unless I hear that it's. Then maybe I might try to check it out. Yeah, but uh, I'm done with the. I'm done with the movie. One thing I am glad though is at least we'll finally stop hearing about it. <laughs> That's the one thing I'm glad about. It's released. It's going to be released. We don't need to hear hashtag release the Snyder Cut. Yeah, enough. Yeah. Well, it's it's got my interest peaked because the version I saw of it was the extended cut, mm. and I yeah, I, I wasn't too thrilled with it. Mm. And I and personally, the only two truly Snyder films that I truthfully enjoyed immensely was Sin City and 300. Yeah. But Frank Miller was right on top of him for all that. Right. right. Uh, if I remember right, he did uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen as well, didn't he? Or is that someone else? Ah. Uh. 
I'm not sure now. But we know he did Alan Moore's Watchmen. Yep. And it was okay. Yeah. I I understand some of the some of the changes that had to be made because stuff in the book couldn't be done at that time on film. But I love the Watchmen series on HBO so much better. Yes. Because that was actually truer Which, to the comics than, right. than the movie. Oh, that was so good. And I love, too, how they, they don't even reference the movie. It's like the movie didn't even exist. Yeah. Which is great. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I, I put Snyder there with Zack Snyder there with Michael Bay. Yeah, unfortunately. When watched on and made sure he stays to the material is great. But when he strays from the material, it, it's not so good. And and he he's one of the the people that I really wanna like. I really wanna like his stuff and everything because um I feel like he should you know, he should be one of us. He should be able to get it right, but no, I don't get me wrong. Hasn't he? He was right in bringing Ben Affleck in as Batman. I really liked yeah. Affleck's Batman. I, yeah, I, I liked Affleck as Batman. Uh, let's see. As director, uh, he is working on Army of Dead. Uh, that's got me a little worried. Mm. Uh, he did Sucker Punch. Yeah, which I haven't seen, but I've heard bad things about. I mean, it was okay. It was different. Uh, he did Dawn of the Dead. Mm. I haven't seen that. Uh, that was in 2004. Uh, 300. So, no, he was not involved in Sin City. That was his director. Um, so, Dawn of the Dead truly was his first film. Then he went to 300. Then Watchmen. Legend of the Guardians. Never watched. Uh, Sucker Punch. Man of Steel. Then Superman. Heart Superman. The Yawn of Justice. Yeah. <laughs> Um, now his casting, I have no problems with. I have no problems with his casting. He is the no, pro- yeah. He he. Now here's things that he has produced. Uh, he did the Tales of the Black Freighter video short, which is actually pretty decent. That I liked. That was I the, didn't see that. That was the animated feature that accompanied Watchmen. Yeah. Um, he was producer on Three Hundred Rise of an Empire. Pro- uh, executive producer on Suicide Squad. Producer on Wonder Woman. Executive producer on Aquaman. Uh, he's the executive producer. He's the producer on Wonder Woman 1984, uh, and Army of Dead, Gotham City Sirens, and Deadshot. Wait, they're doing a Deadshot movie? How did I miss this? They were. I don't know if they still are. True. Uh, writer wise, uh, he's doing the story for Justice League Part Two. He wrote the screenplay for Army of Dead, of course, Justice League, Wonder Woman. He did the Wonder Woman story. Hmm. Okay, so he. He's, there's hope. Uh, he wrote the screenplay for 300, uh, screenplay for Sucker Punch, uh, and tells from the Black Freighter. Um, so, yeah. I mean, he has potential, but you have to stay on top of him. You let him loose, and, and I honestly feel he he you know, goes off on a whim, and I, I think he tangents more than we do. And that's saying a lot. <laughs> that's saying a lot. So, uh, so yeah, I guess the only other thing I've got is, uh, you got anything else? Uh, nope, that's all I got. Well, that, that gives us a good night. Um, we had, again, we thank Tracy for coming on with us. Uh, watch for Hotel Underground, watch for Time War, watch for Age of Darkness. We've been waiting for a year, for a couple of years now for the last two, so, um, and, uh, I don't have anything else either, so. There's only one thing left to, left to be said. Want to know more? So, um, the bad crowd you've been hanging out with is a science fiction club? This has been a Weeby Geeks production. It will test your head and your mind and your brain.